Stories of God at work are just powerful. Last week, we uh, started this new series on the Holy Spirit called The Ghost. Uh, I I took two stories uh, of the power of God at work in history and how God used St. Patrick to change a nation and how God used A.B. Simpson, a Canadian boy, to be the founder of the church family, our church family, the Christian Missionary Alliance. And and hey, our our church family has grown since the mid-1800s when our first church, the New York Gospel Tabernacle, got started in the midst of a gangs of New York kind of environment. So that today there are over 6 million uh, uh, people worshipping in over 22,000 churches in over 80 countries around the world. I mean, that's just a major move of God's Spirit. And and today as we continue in this message series, I want to keep telling more stories about the ghost. And this week, just a a few stories from my own history. And and I want to take two verses that we looked at last week and use them as a foundation for our message today. Uh, Here's what I want us to understand today. It's because of the Holy Spirit, there is power to live life fully. Today, we simply want to understand that there is power. There is power to live life fully. Take a look at the Apostle Paul's words to a young man named Timothy, uh, who he was mentoring. Paul said, For the Spirit that God has given us does not make us fearful. Instead, His Spirit fills us with power, love, and self-control. Now, when I first read that verse, I I wanted Paul to lead with the word love. I I wanted him to say love, power, and self-control because God is love, right? That's his central attribute. So, Paul, why didn't you lead with love? And then I got it. The Holy Spirit gives us power to love. And and it's the Holy Spirit that gives us power to live self-disciplined lives, to live lives of self-control. This whole experience of the Holy Spirit starts with power, the power to love, the power to be self-controlled, which is the power to change. So the Holy Spirit gives us power to live life fully, even experience healing and wholeness. Also, you'll see the word fear in that verse there. Fear often takes root in our lives in so many different ways, uh, and that includes even a fear of the Holy Spirit himself. God wants to push away fear in you. I mean, all kinds of fear, even fear of the Holy Spirit, and help you become a person who lives without fear. And living without fear, I mean, that's powerful, right? There's power to live life fully when the fear is gone. And just one more word of Scripture, also from the Apostle Paul. This is where Paul is praying for the church of his day, and really for you and me as well. He says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This same mighty power that raised Christ Jesus, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me, to every believer. Friends, he will fill you, direct you, comfort you, guide you, counsel you, convict you, heal you. He will give you power to live life fully. So let me share just a few snippets of my story as I grew up. For me, uh, the call to live a spirit-filled life uh, where I would begin to experience the power to live life fully, to look and love more like Jesus, to experience the presence of God every day throughout my day. This was something I began to experience as a 16-year-old at a Christian camp where I was a camp counselor. Now a little historical context here. Uh, the camp is called Minioi. It's founded by a group uh, called the Plymouth Brethren who weren't that big on the Holy Spirit and charismatic expressions of faith. The original founders of this camp believed that the age of miracles ended with the apostles and they tended to be a bit suspicious of contemporary moves of the Holy Spirit, especially if it involved a lot of spectacular and maybe weird-looking stuff. 
And, and they had uh, good reason to have some suspicion, as not everything out there is the real deal. Uh, there is, you know, fake stuff out there. But these guys, they, they weren't totally against it, just incredibly cautious. Now, it's the mid-1970s, uh, and that's like before half of you here were thought of, but that's okay. Um, and, and there's this huge movement of the Holy Spirit happening, and you could almost call it revival. There was this group of what we call Jesus people coming out of California, kind of hippies full of the Holy Spirit. And this, by the way, is where Christian contemporary music, the kind of style that you see on the stage today, was born. This is where we began in church music to shift from organ piano to worship bands, as some of you will remember that. It's a seismic shift happening in church worship. And we had these worship wars back then. Preachers telling us that guitars and drums were instruments of the devil and that we were inviting demons into our church and into our lives. Oh, those drums, they were pure evil. Mark Swatsky, I thought you should know. Actually, you did a great job today. Thank you. But anyways... But the Holy Spirit was moving and worship was coming alive. And it might sound strange to you, but yeah, this was, a, this was a major shift that was going on. And I was a Toronto boy at this time, and there was this group called the Toronto Catacombs, and they came out of this Jesus People movement. The Toronto Catacombs met on Thursday nights. If you know Toronto, it's at St. Paul's Anglican Church right downtown at Bloor Street. And every Thursday for a number of years, about 800 young people from across Toronto would turn up for a time of worship and prayer. It wasn't all that wild, although it had its intense moments. But really, it was just mostly passionate worship where the sense of the presence of God was strong. Then at the end of this time of passionate worship, uh, for those who were interested, there was a time of prayer, kind of like what we do here at Fort City every week. And the staff from Camp Minioe that I worked with, along with the staff from Pioneer Camp that Jane worked at, together we might make up close to 75 of the 800 who came out on a Thursday night. It, it was awesome. I, I loved it. Eventually, the Toronto Catacombs morphed into something a little weird. It was unfortunate. Some of the leaders became a bit cult-like and how they wanted you to follow them, and so it began to decline but not without having a huge positive impact on both Minioe, where I was working, and Pioneer, where Jane was working. Uh, I would later uh, work at Pioneer and meet Jane, and Jane still works at Pioneer every summer. In fact, I would also later become the director of Camp Minioe, and I also had a time working as the administrative director at Pioneer. Our family, uh, uh, with a little help from my eldest daughter, has a cottage on the lake that Pioneer Camp is on, and these camps have had a huge impact on me, Jane, and the kids. So <clears throat> with that, let me just throw in a little ad right now for Christian uh, kids' camps. Camping is a huge tool for helping kids grow, just huge. And, and on May 5th, the director of Camp Nakanum will be with us because I think if you have kids, camp is just awesome for them. I, I just encourage you to go to the website, check it out. I'll, I'll just leave it there. Camping is awesome. Back to my original story. As the catacombs declined... We at Minioi decided to create our own worship night, the first Sunday of every month. We, we called it Praise and Power. All, all it was was worship and song with a few devotional comments and words of challenge. It, it was powerful. It, it started uh, small in a small brethren assembly called Leaside Bible Chapel, which is about mid-city in Toronto, where maybe 40 of us would gather. But it grew fairly quickly and moved to a place called Central Gospel Hall right near Young and Bloor, smack dab in the middle of downtown Toronto. Now, the average age in this gospel hall had to be over 70, really. 
And somehow they decided it was okay for us youngsters to take over their hall on Sunday nights with all of this loud, ruckus, almost not quite charismatic worship music. Uh, they, that they let us do that was a miracle. I mean, any of you who know gospel halls, and it might not be very many of you, but if you know them, you'll know that it was a miracle. And and, and praise and power uh, took off and grew to uh, over uh, 200 in this hall, and we had to move again. Praise and power then moved to uh, a church called Calvary Associated Gospel Church right across from the Pape subway station on the main Bloor-Danforth subway line. This church could seat 800, and we filled it. And the youth and the young adults from Minioi and Pioneer and churches across Toronto came once a month to praise and power. What I experienced there was spirit-empowered Christianity that dared to believe that God answers prayer, that dared to believe that God could change lives, that God would change the world. Well, we had a genuine experience of the Holy Spirit. Now, it wasn't freakish. It, it wasn't weird. It was just passionate and life-changing. It was during this era at camp that I first saw God supernaturally heal. I remember this pre-camp training time. It was a week before camp, just before the campers arrived. And we lost a key leader who ran the canoe trapping section of our camp. Canoe tripping was just a huge part of what we did as a camp. This guy had been working at the camp in the spring and he got incredibly tired and exhausted and was diagnosed with mononucleosis. Some of you will know that this is an infectious disease caused by the Epstein-Barr virus. It's sometimes called the kissing disease. You can spread it in multiple ways like sharing drinks or utensils or kissing. Uh, This was a brother in camp, so no kissing allowed, so utensils maybe. But anyways... This disease just wipes you out, leaves you feeling totally exhausted. And it meant that a key leader that we needed was just out of commission for the summer. That was until we prayed. Every night at pre-camp, we had these prayer meetings after worship and teaching, and a couple of guys started to pray that God would heal John. The very next day, John, back in Toronto, woke up and knew that something had changed in his body. He phoned the camp director to say, I feel better. The camp director shared with John how we had prayed the night before. John then went to his doctor who had new blood work done, and wouldn't you know it, when the test came in, not a trace of mono was to be found in John's body, and he was allowed to come to camp for the summer. Wow, amazing, awesome. I was blown away. This was the first time I saw a healing take place, and I've never been the same since. I know that God heals. Friends of mine from a Brethren Bible Chapel that I was starting to attend helped a drug-addicted friend of theirs come to faith in Jesus. Uh, His drug of choice was the hallucinogenic uh, called LSD, or more commonly acid. It's one potent drug that can have very unpredictable effects. Fortunately, it's not the drug of choice today, but yeah, it was real big in my day. My friends decided that this guy needed to spend the summer at camp. I mean, what else do you do with a drug addict who was prayed to receive Jesus? You you send him to camp for the summer to counsel kids, right? He's still addicted to acid and tobacco. Camp didn't think much of either, but we could work with a smoking issue. Smoking wasn't a deal breaker, but dropping acid was. Peter, the guy who had just come to faith, he was determined to come to camp drug-free and tobacco-free. He asked us to pray that Jesus would heal him. We did. His biggest fear were uh, flashbacks. Uh, Guys who would get off acid uh, weeks later might get out-of-control flashbacks, and he asked us to pray that there would be no flashbacks, so we prayed that too. 
think it was a Thursday, and he just stopped both acid and uh, smoking cold turkey. And on Friday, he drove up to camp. He served drug and tobacco-free all summer with no flashbacks. And that really hugely impacted me. Today, Pete still lives, he lives in the area of that camp and works as a Christian counselor, helping others get their lives on track. I mean, how powerful is that? And stuff like that just kept happening. A friend of mine at a youth group near my home asked for prayer at the end of a time of worship. He was scheduled for surgery later that week for a knee disorder uh, he had had since he was a kid. It's called Osgood Slatter's disease. That week, as he went for the operation, there was some pre-op x-rays done and, and the problem was gone. My friend was healed. I could go on and on and tell stories through the decades. I tell you those particular stories just to say that God grabbed a hold of my heart as a youth and he helped me to see and experience the power of God that nothing is impossible with God. And it doesn't necessarily have to be super weird. Now, I'm not saying that churches that do look a little on the weird and freakish side are, um, you know, are wrong. Not at all. It just doesn't have to look that way. You see, it takes all kinds of churches to reach all kinds of people. God was leading me into churches where he worked powerfully, but not freakishly, kind of like the Christian Missionary Alliance. And I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty cool with that, right? God is okay with some churches that kind of freak me out. I'm pretty sure he is, but actually they, they freak me out less and less now. Uh, but God works with us the way that he's wired us, and that's why there's a lot of different styles of churches. God is good with most of that. He just works in a myriad of different ways. Okay. Let me jump forward to the year 2007 in my previous church. A YWAM missionary from Malaysia was visiting family in Thunder Bay, a family in my church. And I was told that this YWAM guy had a special gift to speak words of supernatural encouragement and direction into the lives of people that he had never met. That he had a particular calling to do this, mostly with ministry teams, church staff teams, and so on. So I invited him to come pray with our staff team uh, at the church I was leading at the time. And as he laid hands on each person who he had never met, he had supernatural insight into the gifts that God had given each member of the team and why God had actually called them to be a part of this team. I mean, it was a powerful experience. Well, when John spoke, I mean, it was unmistakably divine. He, He could not have made this stuff up. These were not sweet, generic words that you could just pray over anyone. No, they were specifically detailed in a way that was only applicable to the person he was praying over. There was no other possible explanation than God had given supernatural insight. Unmistakably divine, a God thing. No other possible explanation. And when John prayed for me, I was totally blown away and incredibly encouraged and inspired. My sense of how much God knew me and loves me and had called me to Thunder Bay at the time was incredible. But at the end of that prayer, he added some thoughts about a time coming when God would call me out of this comfortable setting I was in, that he would rattle me in some areas where I feel a bit insecure and send me to a place that, I would, that would seem uncomfortable to go, that God would use this to stretch and grow and transform me for even greater ministry for the glory of God. I did not really think that I would ever leave Thunder Bay. I didn't really want to. I loved it there. But five years later, doors started to open. Uh, the supernatural words of John echoed in my head as people, right, even here in Fort McMurray, were encouraging me, Doug, come on up, take a look at Fort McMurray, come on up. And 
Part of the reason why I knew that I was called to Fort McMurray is because what was happening here so fit what John had said, what God would lead me into. It was just pretty powerful. You know, it's been my experience throughout my life of God turning up in powerful ways. Not always weird, but powerful. I've seen God heal, but not all the time. I've seen God change lives, turn people right around. I've seen that a lot. I've experienced God's guiding hand. And God has not always led me to where I thought I would be going, but it's always been good. You know, as a mostly Ontario boy with family roots in Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, I never expected God would lead me to Fort McMurray. You know, years earlier, um, I said no to a call to go to Grand Prairie because it was just too far away, too remote. Who would ever want to go to northern Alberta, right? And so I said no. Little did I know. God, who knew how he wired me, he knew that this would be a city that I would love. I just didn't have a clue at the time. You know, I did something last week on Facebook and Instagram that I could never have done at many of the churches or ministries that I've considered serving in over the years. And what I did might be uncomfortable for a few of you, but not many of you. So this past week, I put up this picture of a handgun that I recently purchased that I'm waiting for the official registration for so that I can take it uh, to the range. When this letter from the RCMP arrived in the mail, I was pumped. I thought it was my official registration. I was ready to go rock at the range. I was so disappointed when I opened it, and all it was was a letter telling me that I had permission to possess the gun when I was already in possession of it. I'm still waiting for that, uh, you know, registration letter. I'm approved. I just don't have that paper. I want to use it for... uh, I want to use the gun for a black badge pistol course I'm taking at the end of April with one of the guys on the team here. And you know, a good thing about around here, I got a large number of likes on the Facebook post and the Instagram post. In fact, Instagram sent me a notice saying that my post was doing better than 95% of all of my other posts. Like, yay Fort McMurray, right? What's my point? Well, God is not as concerned about my passion for the shooting sports as some of my Toronto friends are. I did get a a message from a Toronto friend rebuking me for that post. I also got a message from another Toronto friend that says, wow, if only I lived closer. You see, there's lots of closets shooting fans in Toronto, so part of my job is just to draw them out. But anyways, God knows that I have this passion that is not politically correct everywhere in Canada, and he sent me to a city where my passion to put holes in paper or ding metal is actually shared by many. It's awesome, and that's just part of how God works. And yet some of you are afraid of God, what he will do to you, where he will lead you. You think he might make you weird. So let me tell you, he loves you. He knows exactly how he's wired you. He will work and lead in your life in ways that are consistent with how he's made you. He will use you right here, right now, in ways that are consistent with how he's wired you. That's our God. Hey, when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, you will receive power to live life fully. You will receive power to make a difference for God in a way that is consistent with how God has wired you. God made you, and he's going to work with you just the way he's made you. You just let him. It's awesome. The Spirit will give you power to live life fully. You will love, just love the life that he gives you. Now, let me bring you to Wednesday, March 20th, less than two weeks ago. It's the day of the spring equinox this year, although spring doesn't officially start till the 21st. I I try to get out fairly regularly for a 5 to 6K walk in my neighborhood, and and I listen to podcasts, worship music, 
And I spend time in prayer, prayer walk in my neighborhood, and listening for God to speak to me. On March 20th, I had one of those days when I had an unusual experience of God breaking through to me. Over the years, I've come, I've come to know when God is breaking in, speaking to my heart, and giving me a bit of direction. Now, now what happened on the 20th is something that I've shared with the staff team because there is wisdom and, and safety when you share what you sense God might be saying to you to share that with others to see if it resonates with them or if maybe it was just a bad pizza you ate the night before. And it did resonate. I, I will share this experience a bit more next Saturday morning at the leadership lunch that I would love you all to be at. Uh, the leadership lunch, it starts at 10, also serves as our annual meeting. So if you're an official member of Fort City, make sure you have your vote in as we affirm our board members, and you can get a ballot at the connection desk. But what happened in this God encounter on the streets of Timberley is God brought me back to that 2007 prophetic word that I just told you about. And by the way, that 2007 word was so significant, I knew it was going to be significant that I had it recorded as it was happening and then had it transcribed. So I have it word for word today. And there's a part of that word that I have never fully understand and it has never really happened. It's just kind of still sitting there. And what I strongly sensed on the 20th is that um, this part of that word that's been just a little bit fuzzy to me is now about to become clear and unfold. I hope saying things like this uh, doesn't weird you out too much. Um, uh, somebody in the last service said to me, you know, your gun picture is not the controversial part. It's, it's all this God stuff. But anyways, um, if God is God, we should really be able to sense him and even hear from him, right? And we should be able to hear him speak today and make sense, you know? Send me to the psychiatrist for a psychiatric assessment if you want, but I really think this is the real deal that our God speaks. Not maybe audibly, but he breaks into my soul, and he wants to break into your soul. So part of what I heard is that the, you know, the last seven years of my leadership here at Fort City uh, have been God uh, just leading us to become very effective at connecting with the average person uh, who calls Fort McMurray home. It's been an awesome seven years. We talk a lot about the average guy or gal in our city. We, we have a label for them. We call them McMurray, Mike, and Kim. Uh, this is what allows me to get away with pictures of guns and dead deer on the screen or, or the car show that we do. And uh, We just do all sorts of things here to make church accessible to the average person who doesn't know Jesus. God has called us to do that, and he is still calling us to do that. But without moving the pendulum wildly, God is just asking us as we move forward to be more open to his supernatural working, to the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would be a people who experience the power of Jesus ourselves and have a few stories of our own to tell about the power, love, and goodness of our God. At our leadership lunch, I'm going to unpack more of what I sense God has been saying. And then I'm going to invite everyone. We'll be sitting in table groups there to spend some time praying and listening to God and asking God for a little bit of direction. As I have a question or two that I would like as a church family to seek God about, you know, pray about and maybe hear God speak about the future of our church. You know, in the book of Acts, you got this phrase. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. That's a powerful phrase. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. As Fort City moves forward, wouldn't it be awesome to say it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us? So yeah, we're actually going to ask God to speak to us as we come together on Saturday. 
we, we've never done it quite this way before. It's just kind of our embracing the idea that our supernatural God does speak through us to each other, and I'm just really looking forward to it. All right, let me try to start to wrap this up. I think there are many of us here this morning who would really love to experience more, who, who would really love to experience this power to live life fully, this power to overcome addictions and habits that are robbing you of your, this full life, uh, this power to do family better, to do marriage better, to, to do relationships better, this, this power to love better. Some of you are seeking God for the power to live a life that is not just a cog on the oil sand, in the oil sands machine, but as you're a part of that cog, that God would give you power to make a difference in the lives of others with those you work with. For many of you, God wants to give you power to take that sport you love, that hobby you have, that skill you have, and, and just use it to make life better for others. Strange story that, that I have that I just was reminded of this week uh, of how God uses... Uh, just interests we have. There's a, a guy by the name of Martin Sanders who runs our Doctor of Ministry program at the Alliance Theological Seminary in New York. He used to teach at our Alliance College in Calgary called Ambrose. He has a passion for cigars and somehow has used that as a ministry tool and just has hundreds of guys and now gals meeting in his backyard and they, the condition is that they have to be able to be willing to talk about their souls. And I'll have to tell that story. It's bizarre, it's weird, and God seems to turn up uh, in the middle of it. But uh, for those of you, they're, they're just... Uh, many of you, I think, who are just at the point right now where you're wondering... Is there more to Christianity, right? You just, you know, is there more than what I'm experiencing? I mean, I, I've been trying to live the Christian life. I've been trying to overcome some stuff that's just hurtful to me and hurtful to others. I'm trying real hard, but man, there, there, there's got to be more. It's just so hard. And the answer is yes. Yes, there is more. There is the reality of the constant presence of God through the Holy Spirit that you can have. The peace that surpasses human understanding that you can experience. You can personally experience this power of God that allows you to fully live. There is power to love. There is power that gives you self-control. You can be led by the Spirit and walk by faith and not by sight like every day. There is joy unspeakable. There is supernatural strength. You, you can live uh, a supernatural life in this very natural world. His power is available. Friends, call on Him. And watch the Holy Spirit fill you, strengthen you, comfort you, guide you, counsel you. Let Him be your intercessor. Let Him empower you to live the life that you are incapable of living on your own. One that will bring glory and honor to God in heaven as God uses you to make a difference in this city and world. Friends, there is power if you will invite the Holy Spirit to fill your life and as you keep inviting Him to fill you day by day by day. So with that, would you bow with me for prayer? And I'm going to pray a prayer that I invite you to pray along with me that you would experience this power of the Holy Spirit. So would you just say to him, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me? Just, just, just pray that, right? Would you touch me? W would you empower me to live life fully? To love well? To live with self-control? Fill me with your power. Just, just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Now I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, would you move freely in this place? Would you empower ordinary Christians to live an extraordinary, spirit-filled life? Help us to overcome our flesh, our addictions, our bad habits, and surrender fully to your power. 
I won't do this every week, uh, but again this week, I just want to give you an opportunity to raise your hand as an act of aspiration, seeking God uh, for more of his power. So if you know that you are not living with this power, you believe it's real and you want it, if you would say, there's more of God, he has more for me, I want it, fill me, overflow me with your Holy Spirit, I need your strength. I'm not good at sharing my faith, I need your power. I'm hurting, I need your hope. I know God, but, but not completely. Holy Spirit, give me everything that God wants me to have. Is that you? Would you just slip up your hand right now if you sense that you would like more? All right, God. I thank you for people who are hungry for more of you. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. I pray, God, that you would baptize us, change us, immerse us in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for those who have people they love and they just don't know how to share their faith with them. Come upon them, Holy Spirit, with courage, gentle courage. And God, for those who are hurting, give them a supernatural hope that is overflowing by the power of your Spirit. At this moment, Holy Spirit, would you comfort them? At this moment, may they experience you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would break strongholds and addictions. God, even those who have very practical struggles, I pray that you would be strong where they are weak. Give them power, power to live life fully. And if there are any who have never made a commitment to follow you, Holy Spirit, would you draw people to yourself today? Oh, and if that's you, you, you feel God calling you to follow him, just say yes. Just say yes, I will follow you. Invite Jesus through his spirit to just come into your life, forgive your sin, and just ask him to empower you to live life fully. Just, just pray that right now where you're sitting. Yeah, just do that right now on your own. Praise God. Father God, keep pouring out your spirit among us. Do a mighty work in our lives. Change us. Change this church for the glory of your name as more and more of us experience your power to live life fully. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.